This week, we're going back through the catalog of one of the biggest, most well-known developers in gaming today. Hey everyone, welcome back. JD here once again with the Gaming Off the Beaten Path podcast. And today, we are going to dig back through the archives of one of the most well-known AAA developers slash publishers in the gaming industry, Rockstar. Rockstar is pretty much a household name for anybody that even remotely follows video games. Mostly off the back, at least I think, of the Grand Theft Auto series. In case you've been living under a rock for the last 20 or so years, the Grand Theft Auto series is pretty huge. And most people, even non-gamers, have experienced it at some point in their lives. You know, they're also known for other stuff like Red Dead Redemption, but a, a lot of real big hits, a lot of real big name titles. Uh, their uh, titles tend to be very critically acclaimed. A lot of gaming publications love them because uh, they're so edgy and cool. You know, everybody loves Rockstar. Like, they're the cool kids on the block. If I'm being honest with you, I'm not really a fan of most of the stuff that they do. Um, it's all very... Let me put it this way, and, and I'm going to come at you with a little bit of a hot take here. Rockstar is a big part of the reason that bros play video games, right? Like, we all know what I'm talking about when I say bros. When I'm not going to say that Grand Theft Auto 3, which came out in 2001, was the first game that these type of folks got really into. Um, you know, people of all walks of life, gamers and otherwise, played Pokemon. You know, a lot of them were big wrestling fans. A lot of people have in general, we're big pro wrestling fans in the 90s, and they would play, you know, Revenge, WCW Revenge or World Tour, WWF Warzone or WrestleMania 2000. But I think GTA 3 is kind of the game that kept them playing video games. Um, and that kind of seems like a, I'm saying it in a negative connotation, like, oh, you know, we don't want those people, you know, encroaching in our hobby and you know when i was 16 i kind of felt that way but as i get older and i get a little more mature i realize you know that gaming is really something for everyone right and while you know some some hardcore gamers might look at some people of that ilk kind of disapprovingly we owe a lot of the the transformation of gaming into an acceptable social hobby to those folks joining the party. Um, so uh, trying to keep it positive here, I think that's a good thing. And I think, you know, that's really important. So now that the hot takes over, I I'll hit you with another one. Uh, one that's, I shouldn't say another one, one that's not a hot take at all, was that Grand Theft Auto 3 was pretty excellent. Rockstar is a household name now, but it wasn't always that way. And they developed quite a few oddball games in the late 90s and early aughts. Of course, it all changed in 2001. GTA 3 hits. 
the game, essentially strapped a rocket to Rockstar's back, and they never look back. They've been a huge top-name developer and publisher ever since then. Um, they, you know, Every time they release or re-release a Grand Theft Auto title, it's a big deal. You know, every time they come out with something, it's a big deal. You know, but again, GTA 3 was was the big one, their big hit. That means there were two GTA games before that. And I'll probably play those at some point. They're more top-down kind of style. Uh, they, they did a PS2 title, which I think was a launch title called Oni, that a lot of people talk up. And I'm that's like the epitome of the kind of game I want to play for this podcast. So I'm definitely going to be trying to pick that one up soon. But today we're not going to be talking about any of that. We're going to be talking about Wild Metal, a third-person shooter originally released for the PC and ported to the Dreamcast. Um, Speaking of things I'm going to be doing a little more in the future, I want to start looking at PC games a little more frequently. Uh, But for now, I'm sticking to consoles, and as such, I play the Dreamcast version. So the game was published by Rockstar, developed by DMA Design, but DMA Design would later trans, you know, come to be known as Rockstar North. So both, essentially both published and developed by Rockstar. Uh, you know, with so many quality titles to their name today, maybe Wild Metal was a hidden gem and it served, you know, as a base for their more well-known games. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something they pulled out of the engine or the gameplay that's come to, you know, we've come to know and love from GTA or Red Dead or whatever. Well, you guys all know I, I like milestones. And to, today we're going to hit a milestone on the podcast. Because for the first time, and I'm sure it won't be the last, but you know, this is the first time that I have played a game and reviewed it on here where the game absolutely sucks. Wild Metal was a frustrating slog. It had sluggish physics. It had bad graphics. It had confusing presentation. And it was just not very good. Have I played worse? Yeah, I've definitely played worse. But it was shocking to see how just little personality and energy that there was in this game, especially from a a studio that's known for those two things. It might not be the energy I'm a huge fan of, but, you know, there are definitely a lot of high-energy games. There's a plot here, something about aliens wiping out humans on a planet and the humans deciding to not want to be wiped out anymore, so they fight back and have tanks or something. It's not really significant at all. And the game itself doesn't even actually bring this up. I know it from the manual and from, you know, internet research. You know, that's not really a a big deal with action games or vehicle shooters. This might be a vehicular combat game, maybe. Uh, Especially if the gameplay is good. But, uh, yeah, Wild Metal also falls flat in the gameplay department. So... We'll start with the controls. Uh, They're not bad in a vacuum. They're a bit odd, but that's more a function of the Dreamcast controller. Um, They did as good a job as they could without having multiple joysticks. Because remember, people, that wasn't a thing at this point. Uh, Most controllers or most console controllers only had one. Uh, 
you said joystick to move forward and turn while the shoulder buttons move the turret. Uh, the camera orients itself based on where the turret is and your tech moves based on where the body is. So that can get a little confusing. But once you get it down, it's not too bad. I do wish they had, would have had an automatic return, you know, a reorientation button. Um, once I, I had it down pat, it wasn't a long-term issue. It would have been nice to have the button reorient, but that was the least of the problems. That came from the field in physics, which are nonsensical at best and just straight up miserable at worst. Your tank moves painfully slow, and the impact of the terrain on your movement seems to be almost completely random. Like, it's like, okay, I'm driving on sand, and now I'm slowed down, which makes sense, but I was just driving on sand before, and it didn't do anything so which like is it you know you're gonna frequently come to small hills and it looks like you can get your tank up there but you can't you'll get about halfway up before you fall down and end up on your back like a turtle kicking your you know little treads up and down and just being generally goofy try as you might you're not getting up that hill and the problem here you know all games have impassable terrain right but most games where that happens, they let you know right away. You get one pixel onto that incline, and you aren't going up any further. Here, it almost teases you, right? Like, yeah, you can get up there. You can get up there. You can get up there, buddy. Come on, keep trying. Keep trying. Oh, Dad, you're, uh, you're turtling again. That's a major, major problem. Enemy combatants are few and far between. You'll occasionally see, like, a, a sentry turret or another tank, but they're just there's not that many of them. You've got two attacks, a landmine and the turret. The landmines, surprisingly useful here, or at least there would be if there were actual enemy tanks to fight, because the AI is so bad that the computer actually drives over them. Uh, but the gun, the turret, fires in an arc, which is a massive, massive pain. You don't really have much of a targeting reticle here either. So it's damn near impossible to hit anything. Maybe because the sentry turrets are big, maybe it's you can hit those. The hit detection's fine, but the game doesn't tell you when you hit something or when you're getting hit. I rarely died anyway because there were so many health pickups, but when I did, it felt like sudden and really unfair. And again, not a good thing. Oh, the graphics... Okay, the graphics are mediocre at best. Uh, I guess it's to be understood. It's a port of an older game. This came out in like 2000, I think, and the original want to say 98-99. But even for the mid-90s, the graphics here are bland. There's a lot of big open space with dull, muted colors and very little to look at. The tanks are boring. The enemies are one note. Most of them are monochrome, too. They're all the same color. And the environments are pretty lifeless. Uh, it's all compounded by there's just weird overlays that are present throughout the game. The HUD doesn't really provide you much information, and yet it's extremely obtrusive into, into your screen. Uh, it looks and feels like a mid-tier DOS game from 1992. And that's, again, not a good thing. And I wanted it was a probably a mid-tier Windows game from 1998, so it should still look better than this. 
Now for the music. Uh, I have some good news. Again, let's keep up with that theme of positivity. The music isn't that bad. Unfortunately, uh, I do have to give you some bad news that the music isn't that good either. And why is that? Because there is no music during gameplay at all. That's unacceptable for an action game from 2001. Why is there no music? All you can hear are sound effects, which are actually pretty solid. Unfortunately, hearing the revving of your tank's engine, the occasional explosion, and nothing else gets really old really fast. I'm going to reiterate again. This was an action game from 2001 that didn't have any music. Okay, I like uh, that's about all you know I have to say about wild metal. I, I just I almost wish it were worse like it was like offensively bad that and I'd have more to say. You know, honestly, I spent as much of this review talking about Rockstar as I did about this game. And hey, we've got to, they've got to start somewhere, right? Look, but wild metal was just awful. It's not worth going back to, even as a curiosity. As I said, I'm not the biggest rock star guy, but even at the time, they were capable of way better than this. I mean, even from just like a technical standpoint, you know, as I've spent a lot of time kind of casting their games atmosphere and, you know, stuff like that in a negative light, but their stuff technically is usually pretty spot on. I mean it's less that I think the games are bad and more that they're not my cup of tea. Actually, I don't, it's been a long, long time since they've made a game that's objectively bad, but this was one of them. It's not even like the original street fighter where like, and, and we'll get to that probably on here at some point. I did review it on the blog. The original street fighter is a really bad game, but you could see the building blocks of a good game within it. And the more you played it, the more you can kind of see the genesis of, of all the things that made Street Fighter 2 so great. That's not the case here. There's nothing to really hang your hat on. Not worth going back to play. It's not very good. Maybe, maybe if you're a diehard Rockstar fan maybe check this out for like five minutes just you know basically to say you did i you know that or just played the first two grand theft auto games you know which i've been told are pretty solid i've never played them before but be hard pressed to be worse than this i might do that myself soon but absolutely stay far away from wild metal again I have certainly played worse. It is playable. You can play it. So it's going to get a 3 out of 10 from me. Anything below that, that starts to get to the stuff that's like so broken you can't even play it. This is more like a game that you can play, but you don't want to. Wild Metal for the Dreamcast. Avoid it. Maybe the PC version's better. I doubt it. That's going to do it for this week. I hope to bring you guys something better next time. But until then, thanks for stopping by and happy gaming.